Hey guys, welcome back to episode two of No Bit Yeah. I'm Lily Doninger, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Kendall Sanders, the other one. So this is exciting. <laughs> um, we had actually quite, quite the audience. I actually, shout it to Avishka, um, I've never felt happier in my life than have someone approach me who doesn't really know me and tell me that they actually loved the podcast. Yeah, like I was blown away with the amount of love and support. Every single person who swiped up, who DM'd or told me in person that they loved the podcast, appreciate you. You're the best. We're thinking about you. And I'm so excited. One comment that we did get a lot was about how calming our voices are. Yeah. I mean, I think that's beautiful. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say that my voice is calming, but I appreciate that everyone else does. I also think, like, it's a nice way for people to feel connected to us, even if they don't know us or even if they're close friends. They feel in our support network, if you will. I want everyone to know that when you listen to this podcast, you're in the room with us. You are. You're here with us. We're having a conversation with you guys. So... Yeah, and, and actually on that note, I'm going to just shout out Kendall. Uh, Kendall's 20th birthday <laughs> is on Monday. Um, she's old. And oh. actually, I had this bet with Kendall. I was like, who do the viewers, sorry, not the viewers, the listeners mm -hmm. think is going to be the older one? And I'll answer that for you. I know it's me. I know you're like, Lily's definitely older. Mm -hmm. No, it's Kendall. It's Kendall. Bye. By a little less than a month, mm -hmm. shy of a month. Mm -hmm. I'm an Aries queen right on the cusp. Um, I'm excited to be 20 years old to kiss my teenage years goodbye. Sayonara. Bye. I mean, they were fun. I was, I was a cheeky teenager, but now I have to move on. I'm a woman now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so anyway... Um, yeah, just happy early birthday to Kendall. Fans, if you see her out, say hey. <laughs> I just want everyone to know I'm going to be keeping a running list of everyone who does not say happy birthday to me. And oh, you're not friends. Oh my God. The way I will carry this list in my pocket when mm. I see you around, you didn't say happy birthday to me, die. She doesn't actually mean that, guys. I don't it's actually okay. mean that, but like. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so moving into, like, a more serious note, just to, like, open things up, um, do you want to talk about one year ago, a few days ago? <laughs> do you want to elaborate? <laughs> <laughs> one year ago today, I, my, my ex-boyfriend and I, we broke up, yeah? No accent, please. Oh, my God. Anyone who knows me knows that, like, when it gets to, like, serious <laughs> stuff, I will go into an accent as a defense mechanism. But you guys are going to hear from Kendall the American. No, one year ago, yesterday, actually, we broke up. And, like, man, I was in the trenches. I, I was sent to Richmond Hall two days before. I was able to go home. I was so lucky. Everyone else was in Richmond Hall, though. Wait, can I interrupt here? Yeah. For those of you who don't know, Richmond Hall last year was William & Mary's COVID, like, mm -hmm. quarantine dorm. Mm -hmm. And someone in our, like, close friend circle got COVID, and so we were all kind of, um, like, sequestered, if you will. But Kendall got to go home instead of go to Richmond. I'm sorry. I'm 
I'm a homebody. I like my material things. You do not have to twist my leg or twist my arm to make me go home. So I was home, um, and it was sad. I was, like, really sad, but, you know, I got myself together. We watched Shrek 2 that night. That was fun. Shrek 2 always puts me in the right mood. And so a year ago from that, man, it was the most beautiful day. It was gorgeous. The sun was shining. I'm listening to good music. Like, you you can't tell me anything when the weather is good. I had my raspberry lemonade mojito. Shout out to Cozy. Alcohol-free, of course. No. Yeah. I just, I love eating the mint. So I had my favorite drink. I went to College Creek with my girls. Like, just letting you guys know, it's okay, and it does get better. And when you're in that moment of, like, heartbreak and sadness, you don't really want to hear someone saying it's going to get better because you're like, when? Well, babe, a year year from now, the time when you're sad, uh, you'll feel so much better. But um, (laughs) I don't really know how to transition to this next one, but... Yeah, so unfortunately, the the last thing we'll we'll mention in this little opening, mm-hmm. I felt particularly important to share that actually last night, Kentucky um, officially outlawed abortions in the state. So actually, there were only two existing Planned Parenthoods or like, um, I don't know, what would you call them? Like, um, okay, Planned Parenthoods mm-hmm. or organizations like that that were performing abortions until last night when they've officially like canceled all of that and it was like very controversial because our governor is actually democrat in kentucky um and i think just kind of like a sad moment because i'm like we're totally regressing and that's just like a weird thing in my mind because i feel like maybe this is the first time i'm really experiencing that where it's like why are we like going back in time almost with some of our policies and stuff um and I feel like particularly in Kentucky, the people making those decisions for people like us and our generation are people who are not going to be around for very much longer, which I just think is like obviously awful. And I feel like it's kind of a hopeless situation because it's like, what what do we do in this situation? There's just not a lot to do. So you and I have had this conversation about a lot of things like hopelessness, but like also <laughs> yeah, like in the political realm, but also like trying to be outspoken women who are making changes I think is difficult mm-hmm. yeah and honestly this will probably have to be an entirely different segment where we get into all that good stuff mm-hmm. about like reproductive justice and um, pro-choice pro-life all that stuff but man life's hard I mean to put on a lighter note I don't can you but like I I have an idea okay I feel like if we hired like mistresses or like I don't know women who would be willing to get pregnant get impregnated by these like senators who are making these laws Mm. and then all of a sudden it would be like maybe we can allow abortions it's like reversing the handmaid's tale (laughs) handmaid's tale in reverse (laughs) yeah no I think that's an interesting idea Um, we will talk with Mm-hmm. Policymakers. On if that we one. have any volunteers, any listeners who want to volunteer, we're gonna send out uh, a link, a Google <laughs> form to sign up. Um, yeah, but um, wasn't there a pregnancy scare in Gossip Girl? <laughs> I actually do think there was. Maybe at some point. So <laughs> today's episode, if you haven't guessed by that, 
is going to be talking about TV shows. TV shows that Kendall and I have both seen and feel are worth debating, are worth chatting about. So by that introduction, I guess we're we're opening it with uh, Gossip Girl. Yeah, and what I will say is that <laughs> I just think it's so funny when I talk about like TV shows and stuff, and I'm like, I watch a lot of TV shows, and especially during the summer, during breaks, man, I can list them out. And people are like, I don't know, I don't really like watch TV, I'm not really too good at like watching many... <clears throat> Honey, I'm an expert. I'm a little too good. I'm a little too good at watching TV. I've seen a lot. I've also seen. I've also <laughs> seen a lot, and I actually feel like I've conquered maybe all of Netflix, particularly the the rom com mm-hmm. section. Um, okay, but Gossip Girl, Gossip Girl. I guess what where to even start? So I don't know if you guys know, but like there was like an original Gossip Girl from. Oh, they better know. Yeah, you better know the original <laughs> Gossip Girl. But then there was also a remake recently came out on HBO. Um, and I think there's a lot of controversy around this one because everyone who watched old Gossip Girl, like, die hard. I think I've maybe rewatched the old Gossip Girl, like, five <laughs> times, maybe six. My sister Charlotte um, and I always, always do, like, have a once-a-year Gossip Girl rewatch. But Aww. the HBO remake was not not good. And do you want to? Yeah, <laughs> I think you. I think you have some strong feelings so about many, this. Okay, let me give you a little rundown oh, about turn the, the mic. Turn the <laughs> mic about the plot of the new Gossip Girl series. Okay, so it's been a couple years since the OG Gossip Girl, you know, has left the school. It's at the same school in New York, and I guess the kids are running amok. The they're very. They're privileged, they're snooty, and they know it, and they use it to bully the teachers. So the teachers come together, and they're like, enough of this. We need to regain some sort of power and order in our school. How are we going to do that? Let's start up the old gossip account that years ago um, had students fearing for their reputation. <laughs> and let's use that to um, expose their secrets, to threaten them with like very personal information, to get them to like act right, which that logic just, first of all, right off the bat, doesn't make sense. Like, if I was living in fear that, like, some gossip channel was going to, like, gossip about me, I mean, how would that affect how I would act around my teachers? I don't know. <laughs> it's very unethical for there's for the teachers to be, like, recording videos and catching, like, pictures of them kissing their partners and stuff out on the streets of New York. It is. It's weird. And and on that note, actually, my main issue with the season is that, like, the child actors, like, the 20-year-olds are good actors. But the teachers, the teacher cast is so bad. They're so cringy that I, like, I actually can't watch it. I can't watch it. And it makes me uninterested. That little blonde, that little blonde teacher who's, like, the main <laughs> issue. Okay, yeah. Honestly, the actress who plays Kate... Tavi uh, Gevinson was actually like some sort of child tabloid like person. Like she was like in the scene. I mean, she was like in it. So I think it's very ironic that like she now plays a role in Gossip Girl, which is like a gossip magazine. She was basically like was like a little mini Perez Hilton of her time and was at red carpet events. She had her own blog. She was huge. And not a lot of people know about her. She's very, like, niche, like, early 2000s, mid-2000s, like, internet culture. But I think it's a very good fit that she's now playing a character in Gossip Girl, albeit an absolute 
god awful reboot but i mean hey sheesh yeah and i also think another issue with well okay i will commend the reboot on like trying to be like a little bit more inclusive Mm -hmm. in terms of like diversity in the cast but also i'm sorry the premise of the show literally does not allow for diversity like constance billard like new york elite like honestly i think it's a little bit offensive to suggest that the system is as inclusive for such a diverse host of characters yeah exactly and like that the, that was the part of the show that made me cringe the most was like the social justice activism part like now they're like conscious and aware and it's like no you know what's funnier and like more enjoyable to watch is like rich white people fuck up new york city and have their own petty little dramas of like who's gonna take me to cotillion and like where's my daddy's money gonna go honestly in a way it could be like viewed as satirical or like ironic but like Mm. to like bring in this like new awareness for these still filthy rich children um it just it just doesn't hit right with me i don't like it but what i will say (laughs) gotta shout out to evan mock yes Yes! (laughs) okay guys evan mock i don't you guys don't know this about me but like in high school like i was a huge like i was into skateboarding like for a little bit and like I mean, I was watching Viceland, like, King of the Road. Like, I was following so many skateboarders. And Evan Mock was, like, my all-time, like, he was my, like, skateboarding crush. And so I was so excited when I saw he was going to be on Gossip Girl Review. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, yes, I'm watching this. Honey, he's such a terrible actor. <laughs> bad. <laughs> it's so bad. Like, I want everyone to, like, go watch a clip of, like, Evan Mock terrible acting on, like, youtube or twitter it's it's really bad he's still gorgeous yeah love him modeling love him skateboarding i just think acting i mean well and also we're sitting here with the cast pulled up in front of us so that <laughs> we could like adequately talk about these people but this picture of him why does he look like 40 stop like he looks old maybe it's just like the really chiseled jaw but like he does not look like he should be playing a high schooler something about that doesn't sit right with me but okay on the topic of like hbo hbo rich white kids i think it's only appropriate to move on to our next show which is succession l to the og (laughs) to be the og a and he playing oh my god lily and i love succession we do we we do die hard i started watching it summer 21 mm-hmm. right after i finished game of thrones don't judge me i was late on that but i loved it um, i mean i still haven't seen game of thrones so. <laughs> but i mean succession is crazy good it's so good and i only started watching it like recently like when the newest season came out and everyone was like it was all the rage over the summer um but Wow. Okay. I'm going to preface the fact that I do think I feel like the same stuff happens over and over again. Like, Mm -hmm. you're just like, okay, Logan, can you just croak? (laughs) (laughs) No. Honestly, like, when I'm watching it, I feel like I sort of, like, go into, like, this, like, coma of, like, duh, like, just, like, buzzing out when I hear, like, all the business chat and all, like, the 
business terminology thrown around. Like, I'm not paying attention. And then I, like, clue back in when it's, like... When, like, Roman tells a funny joke. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, I know what this is. Okay, I know some of them words. But, um, honestly, if you haven't seen Succession, um, you got to get on it. And the thing about me is, like, I don't like being out of the loop. Like, some okay. people are very comfortable with you know, not having their finger on the pulse of, like, what's happening in pop culture. They not think it's, watching Euphoria, for example. I'm, they, oh, oh, my God. They, think it's, they think it's lowbrow or whatever. I, I don't like that. So I have to watch everything that everyone's talking about just so I can form my own opinion. So if you have not seen Succession, I highly recommend to get on it. And the symbolism, I love the biblical allusions. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Very good. Like, if, if you haven't watched i would recommend like pausing and skipping a few because we're gonna spoil some stuff but like i was watching this tiktok like the other day and kendall has emerged from water multiple <laughs> like every season and it's a baptism the first time he emerges he has a car crash he leaves the kid he comes out of water and he's now this new chapter of he's now daddy's little boy you know he's a murderer so He's under Logan's thumb. The second time he comes out of water was in the second season. He's in the hot tub. He, like, you know, has that scene right before, towards the end of the last episode, and he emerges, and he's, like, he takes down his father in the next one. I can't remember what the third season's, like, baptism scene was, but then also the kiss on the cheek. He kisses his dad, Logan. I remember. Judas kissing Jesus. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. If we talk too long about this, it'll be the entire podcast. No, but, but... I do think that's really interesting. And I'm not going to suggest that there's like a very deep, rich connection with that. But like, could this be a comment on society's kind of like idealization of capitalism and big companies and that kind of thing? Like, is this is that a reflection, mm. a satirical reflection, perhaps, of our like... I don't know, just like idealization of capitalism as yeah. almost religion. So like Kendall to his father as the general public to, mm -hmm. you know, these billionaire icons. Mm -hmm. We got to get into that. We might we have do. to have an entire episode. We um, say this all the time. We say that all the time. No, but, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, but yeah. <laughs> so as we talk, we're going to be like doing little plugs of like, we're going to do an episode. We're going to do an episode mm -hmm. in the future. Yeah. All to get you guys excited. Yes, we'll write that down. The next HBO show that we are going to be discussing is The Real Sex Lives of College Girls. And let me just say, I started watching it like at the end of like last semester. Same. And I was like, I'm I'm not watching this crap. These women are you trying to tell me that these women are supposed to be freshmen in college? Freshman girls? I was so offended. And honestly, <laughs> Pauline Chalamet, I'm sorry. Wait, who is that? Pauline Chalamet, um, one of the main characters is Timothy Chalamet's sister. I felt like I had heard this, but I like didn't actually know. No, they they look exactly the same. Don't Wait. don't you see it? Oh my god. <laughs> um Okay. Look. Okay, okay, I had heard this, but like I don't know, something about something about Timmy's like incredibly narrow twig like frame <laughs> just was not allowing me to think of these people as siblings. Okay, that's interesting for sure. 
for sure. Um, I, okay. And let me just say, I watched this show not thinking. I watched it and my brain was mush. Okay. Because I was just like, oh, I want to watch like something to just let me escape from like the hard academic climate of my normal life. Um, and so it, it did satisfy in the short term. Um, but like, I find also that with these types of shows, particularly when there's four friends, <laughs> you are only interested in like two of their storylines or something. So toward the end, I was skipping through just to see what happened with her and the cute frat boy or whatever. Um, it just reminded me a little bit of how I feel about Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Oh, yeah. Where now I've just stopped. Like, who cares about Tibby and Carmen? Like, I hate <laughs> to say it, but you can't make a show or a movie with four girls when not all of their plot lines are made equal. True, true. And what I will say, so coming off of, like, immediately I was like, no, I'm not going to watch this. Over winter break, I succumbed to the pressure. I need to now finish what I started. I enjoyed it. It was good. It was actually surprisingly very accurate in that the only time the episodes really took place were on weekends. <laughs> when they were going out, like Friday, Saturday night, I'm like, no, that's really how it is in college. You live for the weekend. True. I, I like organize my life in college, like weekend two, weekend three, weekend four. Yeah, my life is like a countdown of like how many weekends I have left, actually. <laughs> yeah, so true. that was very accurate. Um, the frat parties were kind of like, okay, I see it. Obviously... It's a TV show. It's going to be nicer. Um, but Gavin Leatherwood? <laughs> he plays uh, the brother yeah. that um, one of the characters, you know, has a rendezvous with. Um, very interesting Yeah, he was stuff. really cute. He's very, very cute. cute. He was in The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Mm. I watched a little bit of that, did not finish it. Mm. Overall, I thought it was good. The o- My only thing that I did not enjoy was that um, one of the characters, Whitney, she's on the soccer team, she's black, has like this relationship with her coach. And I'm like, man, when are we going to leave the inappropriate age gap power imbalance relationships in the past? Yeah. Pretty Little Liars did it. I Yeah. And I also just, my issue with them too, is they're not like statistically <laughs> how many people are having relationships with their teachers and coaches okay you look at me as if there's a lot maybe i'm maybe no, i don't know i'm just imagining our listeners sweating right now like <laughs> it's me it's, it's me. me they're talking about me no but seriously like we might have to have a separate conversation no but yeah another episode sorry y'all yeah. but i mean i'm gonna watch season two i think i will too most yeah F. yeah most F. okay so we've actually sectioned these. I don't know if you could tell <laughs> by what streaming platform these shows are on. So the next one, and I brought up this question because I feel like I do struggle with this sometimes. And maybe it's just me. Like, maybe I'm just like thinking about it too much. But sorry, we're moving into the Hulu section of this podcast. <laughs> um, so Kendall and I both watched The Bachelorette and Love Island pretty religiously. We mentioned this in the last podcast, too, about the Love Island bit. But is my liking love island and the bachelorette problematic you say no i say no you want can you tell me why well okay let me explain <laughs> why i think it might be a little bit problematic so first of all love island i feel like the whole concept of the show begins where a man enters the sphere the villa if you will and the women are asked to step forward for who thinks he's attractive mm-hmm. 
but he can choose anyone he wants. Yes. And I think it's so funny that he can choose the women who don't step like him. <laughs> who don't step forward and it's rare that a guy will choose a girl who hasn't like stepped forward for him, but like I just think it's funny that he can he can ignore a girl who's actively like you're hot. I just think my issue with it is that like perhaps that it just opens with women in such a vulnerable passive place <laughs> a little bit and like they're all wearing bikinis and high heels and everything like I don't know. It's giving, it does give a little bit of pageantry. It does, yeah. But, like, does it, like, make me feel all warm and fuzzy hearing that upbeat EDM music, (laughs) that sun shining, those accents, the cool water bottles, the, like, I mean, there are so many things, I'm going to get a little deep, you guys, there are so many terrible, terrible things going on in our world, and... You know, being aware of it all, you know, is good. It's important. But sometimes you might have to push that into the back of your mind. Don't think too much about, like, the sexism and, you know, the problematic issues with it. And just enjoy the fun colors in the bathing suits. You know what I mean? <laughs> and yeah. you can disagree. And, and, and. No, but yeah. And I'm still going to watch it I'm at the end of the day. It. Like, I do have my qualms with it, but obviously, like, they're brilliant. The they're ba- brilliant. Yeah. So The Bachelorette will continue on. Because, again, Love Island. Separate episode. Mm-hmm. Um, what, the last season, what was The Bachelor? Clayton. Clayton. Wasn't there a Colton? There was. Colton and Clayton? Yeah. Come on, people. They kind of look the same, too. <laughs> Which, Colton, those of you who don't know, Colton was a former Bachelor. He ended up like with a girl at the end of his season. Came out about a year ago and is now engaged to a man engaged He's getting married um huh. which i think that's interesting we can talk about that later but okay the latest episode of the bachelorette sorry the latest season of the bachelor mm. the bachelor not the bachelorette ended in a way that i kind of thought was so interesting <laughs> that i kind of thought was interesting so when it gets to be like the third to last episode of The Bachelor, they have this thing called fantasy suites. Mm-hmm. So basically, the, the Bachelor starts with thirty-two women, and he ends up with one, obviously. But so the third to last episode is like three women, and they go on these dates. And he's like, if if they're having a really good date, they get to spend the night together, which is like kind of unheard of. And like, this man has been dating thirty-two women for like two months now mm-hmm. and i i hate to be that guy but like is it not expected that he will be intimate physically with yeah. these three women i feel like up until this season it, i think it was just an unspoken rule yes. or an unspoken expectation that in the fantasy suite they did a little bit of shit goes down <laughs> shit goes down a bounce go ooh, shoot that ooh, that. <laughs> you know what i mean i know what you mean so like I think it was so. He was such a dunce, first of all, for for admitting that. I'm in love with all of you. I'm in love with all of you, and I've been intimate with all of you. <laughs> like you know how dads always they're like this show's so stupid. Like I don't care. My dad literally was like standing behind the couch. Me and my mom were watching, and he's got his hands on his hip. He's like, "This guy's an idiot. What's he gonna do next?" I'm like, "But you're watching, sir. So <laughs> is it you know?" I know. And I just like, yeah. So one of the girls like had a major issue Mm -hmm. with the fact that he was like intimate with the other two. And I'm like, like, I think that's valid to have expectations for the person that you think you're in love with. But first of all, you're on a reality TV show (laughs) to find love, as you say. Second of all, 
there's 32 other women that he's dating. Let's not be naive mm-hmm. here. He's like, how can you love us both the same way? That's just not possible. I don't know. I really like jubes. <laughs> don't compare this. <laughs> Kendall is comparing this to like a gelatinous candy that she likes. <laughs> I like jubes. Um, I like chocolate. I, they're, they're my favorite snacks. I love them both. Okay, I know it's not comparable, but still. Um, I get there was a little bit of naivete on their there part. Was. But it ended up being he ends up getting they don't get married or engaged, but he starts dating another girl, Susie. They're happy. They were happy, I guess, but I'm like, lame. He doesn't deserve anyone. Um, and then the two other girls are now the bachelorette. Are now the bachelorettes. But again, how many double teams are we going to do of like <laughs> Uh, yeah, like, and and also, so so the Bachelor has done this one. The franchise has done this once in the past, where they've made two women mm-hmm. like back to back in a row after a man blew up the show. Oh my god, is that it's formula? that way every time? I'm like, of course. Okay, yeah, the women's seasons don't ever go smoothly either. Like that's just the nature of the franchise. But like every time the man has a season, he messes shit up. Until they have to put in two women. And I do think that's a little bit, a little bit telling. I know. They're like, sorry, this guy was such a dunce. We're going to make out with it two times. Two times. Two times. But speaking of love and romantics and Mm. dating multiple Mm. people, Mm. Bridgerton. Mm. Bridgerton. Yeah. As you all know, the second season just came out recently um if you didn't watch it in like less than i don't know i would say three days <laughs> what were you doing literally what were you doing i watched i watched the first season and obviously we all loved the first season but i actually feel more drawn to the this most recent season i don't know what it is <laughs> i just think i think actually no no i do know what it is it's this idea of like the chase like in the first season of Bridgerton, like, they're together, like, pretty soon after. And, like, something about, like, the brooding, like, chase for a long time in the second season is what keeps me going. And I find that this happens a lot of times, like, when I read silly little romance books. Like, once they're de- once the characters are together, I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. Like, I hate, I hate to be that guy, but I stop reading. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and... I agree that I think this season was definitely a bit slower when it came to, like, the physical passion. It did not come until the end, unlike the first season, where it was oh a lot. Scene after scene after scene. But, man. First of all, Simone Ashley, who plays Kate Sharma, is gorgeous. She was in mm. Sex Education. Um, Wait. Yeah. Who? Oh, Otis's girlfriend's best friend. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. Oh my! I'm so glad I brought that together for you. Yeah. Oh my! Wow. Lily's mind is being blown right now. But like, yeah. So and then Jonathan Bailey, <laughs> very very handsome young man, and he's again. What is up with me being attracted to these gay men? Mm-hmm. Anthony, mm-hmm. Jonathan Bailey. Mm-hmm. Ooh wee! But anyway, I think. What makes a lot of people love Bridgerton and fall in love with Bridgerton is that, like, in a world where, like, dating sometimes is just, like, 
everyone's disposable. You know, once you don't get what you want immediately from a person, you drop them, you move on to the next. You've got Tinder, Hinge, Bumble. At the swipe of your fingers, you can be finding new, hotter people in a world, in a fantasy world. Or, you know, of commitment. I mean, to be able to slow down and like, no, 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 no. You're going to ask me to go on a promenade. You, you cannot touch me unless you want to get married to me. And I think it's so funny that like, if the women in the show get like caught alone with a man, they automatically have to marry because you have immediately besmirched their reputation. I need to bring that back. I think I've come <laughs> up with a brilliant idea. What if? Mm-hmm. Shoot! Oh, what is it called? What is it called? Oh shoot! What? It's not Love Island. It's Too Hot to Handle. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. What if Too Hot to Handle? Instead of, so Too Hot to Handle is like this reality show where like, if you go on, you have to like pay physical money if you guys are intimate. Mm-hmm. But what if it's like, you can only be intimate if you, if you immediately get engaged. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like all these like horny, like 20 year old people mm-hmm. who have like serious, commitment serious issues. commitment issues that you like are cooped up on the island and you can't do anything with anyone, not even a kiss, not even a hug. Mm -hmm. And you, you have to get married. Yeah. There'd be like a 24 seven chapel right next to like (laughs) a fantasy suite situation. And I think this also kind of like comes in with the ultimatum. I haven't watched it yet. The ultimatum on Netflix where like couples who have dated for a while, honestly, it's questionable how long they've been dating, but basically one of them comes and is like, we're either going to get married or we're going to break up. And so they all, like, switch partners to see, like, oh, do I really want to marry this person or not? Anyway, it'd be that situation, too, because we either get married, Mm. get engaged, or we can't do anything physically. True. We are just writing the shows for them. We are. For free. But on to another sort of love story. A a bit more sad. A bit more sad, but also on Hulu. Um, Fleabag. Mm. Wait. It's not on Hulu. It's on Amazon. Dummy, it's on Amazon Prime. Oh my god. Um I think I actually do think this is my favorite show ever. And I I want to know like what what you guys what you guys and Kendall thinks are like the deeper the deeper meanings behind the show because sometimes I like watch it and I'm like, "Oh my god, I just adore it so much," but I'm confused about what I'm necessarily supposed to get from it. But I think I love it so much because it's raw, and second of all, Phoebe Waller-Bridge is the fun- the funniest person I've ever seen in my entire life. I actually bought the screenplay because she also wrote the show and she stars in it, and reading her stage directions are hysterical. They're hysterical, <laughs> and I just, I just, I just love her. I also love Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Um, I bow down at her feet. She also did Killing Eve, which mm-hmm. I'm also into. And I love how I bought AMC Plus, <laughs> which was $8 a month, so that I would be able to watch Killing Eve, and I have not watched any of it. And actually, the final episode of the entire series just passed. I, I've missed it. So maybe my credit, all that credit I was giving myself about being an expert show watcher, you know, maybe I'm not that good if I missed my favorite show's ending. But anyway, love Fleabag. I would love to watch it for the first time again. It's mm-hmm. two seasons, and they're like, what? 10 episodes but they're not very long Mm -mm. they're like 30 minutes and it's like so captivating it's 
beautiful work. It is. Beautiful. And she has just mastered the comedic aside. Oh, you know my I mean? gosh. I love an aside when you're like, oh, my God, I love you. Like talking about someone in public and then you like whisper to your friend and you're like, I hate her. <laughs> like the looks, the famous like looks to the camera. Mm. Mm. It's it's like her Kubrick stare. Yeah. And like, I feel like if anyone's had a conversation with me and you <laughs> caught me looking to my camera because I feel like I do that now, too. Mm-hmm. It's just fun. I just admire her so much. I've taken a little bit of theater, and I actually think that you could study her mm-hmm. method because it's so interesting. But I do, I do want to get at this though. Like, what, like what, what do you think the audience is supposed to gain from this? Just like this is a human experiencing like the raw emotions of life, and not necessarily being able to cope with or handle those in a societally healthy way, or. Is there no point? And it's just like this interesting woman's story. Honestly, I'm going to be real with you, Chief. I think I watched it too young. I watched it mm-hmm. like in high school, junior year or something. Mm-hmm. I feel like I would want to watch it again. I've got some life experience now. Again, no, but yeah, a separate episode. Yeah. Perhaps. Okay. I hear that. But for those of you who haven't watched it, please watch it. Go watch it. It really is my favorite It's show. not that big of a time commitment. You can do two seasons, people. Um, Normal People was the show I was thinking about when I mentioned Hulu. Yeah. Which sort of has that same feel without the comedy. It's not that funny, but it's very, it's very serious. It's Sally Rooney Mm -hmm. wrote the book Normal People and it was turned into a show on Hulu. And I mean, I watched it. I watched all of it. It was heartbreaking. It was like, it's this long um, journey from like when they're in high school and they're sort of sneaking around she's like a loser and he's a popular guy on the rugby team or whatever but but he's not like like loud chad no 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 no. he's like quiet but then i would argue also he doesn't stick up for her no 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 he's not i mean i'm not excusing him Mm -hmm. in any way but like he's not like what you'd think of as stereotypically like popular athlete like he's got his own set of host of issues yeah and his friends are really awful to her so they sort of just have the sneaking around relationship all throughout high school they go to college they go to the same college it's sort of on and off they're dating other people and you think oh you know what they're gonna end up together now no but they always find their way back to each other and the end is very heartbreaking Mm -hmm. um i think it's worth the watch if you've got time i think it's worth the watch and yeah, and I think especially, I'm just going to plug this because I just read Sally Rooney's, one of her books called Conversations with Friends that's actually coming out as another TV show. Yeah, it's with Joe Alwyn, who's Taylor Swift's boyfriend, oh. and someone else famous, but I can't remember who the girl is. Anyway, um, I think you should watch Normal People as your intro, though, because... Her writing is very, like, similar, kind of similar vein, and so that way you'd have a little precursor. Yes. So, in conclusion, you're not going to leave it happy, <laughs> but you need some variety. And again, it's kind of like one of those, like, deep, kind of beautiful, tragic stories, I think. A little bit like Fleabag. It's a, kind of like a similar vein. hmm You don't get them in the end. I don't think that's a spoiler, but, like... You know, we need to learn to live with rejection. Um, Our next piece, our next piece of media that we would like to talk about 
we saved till the end because, because it's so this a, because this is a debate is Gilmore Girls we need to talk about Rory <laughs> that's literally what it says in our notes it says Gilmore Girls colon we need to talk about Rory but we do but we do so first of all the story of Gilmore Girls is about this woman named Lorelai Gilmore who like grew up in this very privileged like home in Connecticut in Connecticut and she got pregnant Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. ran away from home basically and like kind of made a life for herself in this like little small town stars hollow stars hollow and so her daughter is rory so they have a very close relationship yeah throughout the show and it's it's very like heartwarming it's this cute little town it's charming the episodes like they get resolved maybe not at the end of the episode but like there's always an apology lorelei and morgan to a fight they come back together and the music starts playing, and it's all good and dandy. But, like, I think it was definitely a comforting show. It's definitely a comfort show. It's a good watch. But, like, we got to talk about the men. Rory's boyfriends. So the first one is Dean. Dean, Dean, Dean. How do we feel about Dean, Rory? I, I liked Dean in the beginning because they really made him into this, like, bad boy. Like, Rory met him in, like, what, middle school or high school? I can't remember. I feel like it was early high school. No, because she wasn't at Chilton yet. Okay, early high school. Okay. Because she went, transferred to Chilton. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was, like, he would, like, sit outside and, like, brood. And he had, like, wore a leather jacket and stuff. And Really? I think so. Well, maybe I'm thinking about it wrong. But I, I definitely felt like he was, like, a little bad boy in the beginning. Like, he, I feel like he was in, like, a fist fight with someone. Was oh, he not? yeah. He, he was a little rebel rouser. Yeah. And so I liked him in the beginning. Later on through the show, no, 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 <laughs> no pomegranates. So, so, so Rory has these boyfriends though, and they really represent like phases of her like kind of coming of age. And I think Dean in the beginning like was good for her because she was like painfully awkward and like very like sh- I I felt like she was like really like kept to herself and stuff, and like Dean kind of helped her like break out of that a little bit but later on when he resurfaces as a character and she's moved on it just represents everything wrong with her character he just gets he gets controlling too Mm -hmm. and i didn't really like the aspect of their relationship he wasn't really my favorite oh but let's talk about my fave my all-time fave my i ride for him jess 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 oh jess he's he is luke who is another character, main character in the show. He's like, uh, he runs the diner. Um, him and Lorelai have this thing. Um, so he's Luke's nephew and he comes to town. He's he's a bad boy. He's the real bad boy. Dean was trying, just perfected it. But he's more than that, right? He, he reads. Oh, uh, he's he reads. He's so smart. He's so intellectual. He but he doesn't really flaunt it. And oh, the way he treats Rory... <laughs> I needed me a Jess yesterday. Yeah, so true. Jess, I think I think he's most my, of the Gilmore Girls community agrees that Jess was the best one, and like because everything we say on the show is objective. Anya, right? Right, we're right. <laughs> but I also feel like he left the show, and we never got closure. we never got closure. Never. 
I feel like even in later, like even in the remake, they like almost maybe a year in the life suggested that he was still holding on to feelings or Wait, something. What? Remember when he slept? Like he, uh, well, we can look up the scene, but I vig- like vividly remember that Rory, like they were at Lorelai's house, and Jess is like standing on on the porch, like looking in the window. There's a, there's a clip. Okay, I'm gonna have to look at this clip. It's been a while since I've seen a year in the life. Interesting. But okay, wait, maybe not because no, never mind. Anyway, Jess is the best. He's Jess just the best. Is the one. best. But and then there's Logan. And I really don't like Logan. And I think my issue with Logan is actually the person that Rory becomes as she's dating him, which I actually don't think is his fault. Mm-hmm. I think she ends up being this kind of like annoying, <laughs> like kind of rude. Like I, I just feel like she. I don't know. I just, I really don't like the the person that she becomes toward the end of the show when she's dating Logan. And this is quite a point of contention in my family because my sister is obsessed with Logan. She thinks he's like so cute, the best one. And I just feel like, well, he had a lot of issues and then also just really didn't like the way Lori, Rory acted when yeah. she was with him. And again, I think the period where Logan was in her life was where she was coming up against the wall. She'd been top of her class, the smartest ever. She'd gone to Yale, perfectionist. Everyone adored her. Everyone worshipped at her feet. Then she met Logan, and his dad's, like, ahead of some, like, Mm. journal company or whatever, some newspaper, and she goes to intern for him, and he kind of, like, tells her as it is. It's like, you know, you're not that good yet. She kind of, like, bruises her ego a little bit, and then she realizes, oh, no, I'm not this star that I used to be in my small town you know, and she like drops out of Yale for a while. But anyway, she's a little bit of a hot mess express. But I mean, would I would I watch Gilmore Girls again? I would. I would. I. It's not like I think there's definitely like, slow points of the show. It, my mom and sister and I like that was the show we watched for like a year and a half or however long it took to finish it, and like that was a nice like venue for that. Like, it's not super engaging, but. It was kind of, like, the launch before, like, Gossip Girl and, like, all of the other, like, hot, hot stuff, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um. So, before we end this episode, I have to shout out this one show that is not on the list, but I talk about it enough. I feel like, Lily, you're going to know what I'm talking about. Okay. Because I've been watching this show with my hallmates, my besties. Shout out to Dawson. Uh, Hall, Ritika, and Grace, and Redate, and Faiza. We've been watching this show called Behind Her Eyes. And man, 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 man. Let me tell you. So it's a couple. His name is Dr. David Ferguson and his wife. They moved to town, right? And um, there's a secretary at the psychiatric um, office that also works there, and they sort of form this relationship. They form an affair right and the wife of ferguson dr ferguson you know starts to befriend um louise as well the secretary all the while his uh wife Wife. does not know that he's having an affair with his secretary so obviously you're kind of bored right now like okay you know every other show that a mom watches with her wine this is boring no 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 there's something off about this pair there's something off about him. He's very controlling about, like, where she is and how many meds she's taking. And she's kind of odd, too. Like, 
dang, like, did she do something wrong to, like, make him this controlling? Like, they've moved a lot, and he's like, this cannot be the next time we move. Anyway, such an interesting show. But when I tell you, there's, like, a plot twist that comes towards the end that's, like, (gasps) so shocking. Like, you're going to be on the edge of your seat so, like, mind-blowing. You're like, wow, that was crazy. And you think, you recovered, you recovered. The show is still going. It's got, like, an hour left. What happens at the end will have you sitting in silence, I, I guarantee you, for at least 15 minutes trying to process this. The person who put me onto it, I did the same thing. I put it on to my friend. He did the same thing. I put it on to Noah. He also did the same thing. Like, you're just stunned. I mean, it's such a good watch. Six episodes. They're like 50 minutes each. I think the last episode's like an hour and 23 or something, but... The show was so good, and I can't talk about it enough. Okay. I'll definitely check that one out. You got to check it out. You guys, I believe you can do it. You will not regret it. You will not regret it. You, I mean, I was thinking about the show for days afterwards, coming up with theories, coming up for ways that there could be a season two because it's a limited series. As far as I know, it, based on a book, they're not going to do a second season. But, oh, man, if they did. Oh, Ooh. man, if they did. But this was a really fun conversation. It was. We love to talk about TV shows. But yes. No, but yeah. No, but yeah. But we're more than just girlies who consume media. We also can talk about other things. So that's why next week's episode, we're going to be talking about something, you know, not too closely related to um, TV. We're going to be talking about kind of social media. Okay. (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. Before we go, we want to thank our executive producer, Lauren Mansouris, and our technical director, Anna Stevens. Yes, and thank you to all the loves, you guys. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye!